Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our Morning Glory program. I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and meet me in Psalm 121. And today we're going to talk about the subject of God as your protector and the truth that you have it made in the shade. Watch out. We are going to have a good time today in the Holy Spirit. Psalm 121, we'll start today in verse 1. As you're turning there, I want you to be mindful of our Best of Israel Tour 2017. My friends, this is going to be a fantastic tour to Israel. And my wife Kelly and I, we want you to join us on this tour. The date's October 29 through November the 8th. Again, October the 29th. We're leaving at the end of October, and we are returning on November the 8th. This is going to be a power-packed fun, glory-filled tour. If you want to go, the all-inclusive price, including round-trip airfare uh, and all of these amenities that are built into this package, the all-inclusive price is $36.49. Wow, that's a great deal. Now, to join the tour, all you have to do, call this number. Please write it down, 1-800-929-4684 and select option two. Praise the Lord. 1-800-929-4684, option two, and join us on this trip to Israel. Hallelujah. I mean, this trip is loaded. Glory to God. We're going to be arriving in Tel Aviv. Uh, the next day we'll be at Caesarea by the sea. We go up to the top of Mount Carmel, where Elijah the prophet called down the fire from heaven. Then we go on to uh, Cana, to Nazareth, where we go up to the Mount of Precipice. Wow, that is absolutely a beautiful sight. The following day after that, we go to the Sea of Galilee. We go out on the sea with, uh, in our own boat. Then we go on to Capernaum, Mount of Beatitudes, and on and on it goes. Oh, Golan Heights. Wow, such a great place. Such an amazing coffee house up there on the top of Golan Heights, one of our special stops that we always like to have. Uh, here's something new this year. We'll be going to Gideon's Spring. You'll actually see the literal location where the 300 soldiers handpicked by Gideon, anointed by the Spirit of God, were selected. We'll go to that place. We'll also go up to Jericho, and then we'll go down uh, to the Jordan River. We're going to go on to Bethany. The following day, we'll be in Jerusalem at the Mount of Olives, going to the Garden of Gethsemane, Mount Zion. Wow, so much stuff. Pool of Siloam, Pool of Bethesda, Beersheba. Wow, that's going to be a lot of fun, along with the Valley of Elah, where David slew Goliath. My friends, 1-800-929-4684, option two. Come on, get registered, and come on this tour, this tour will change your life. It will illuminate your knowledge of the Word of God because you will see the Word in context. Hallelujah. Every serious student of the Word of God needs to visit Israel at least once in their lives. And I'm praying that it not just be a one-time event, but something where you just get bit with a holy bug. Hallelujah. Where you want to go and continually be learning and growing in the knowledge of God. Okay, so Please get registered. I'm looking forward to seeing you in a few months on that tour. We're going to have a great time together. Now, Psalm 121, Heavenly Father, let your word come alive. 
by the quickening power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the illuminating work of your Spirit so that we can understand your Word and your will for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. Verse 1, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. Well, there's an emphasis here on the need for help, and this is a song of ascent. This is a song of uh, going up. This is what the exiles would have sung as they came out of captivity, returning back to the promised land. They would sing these songs. Also, when going up to the holy feast days they, uh, there in Jerusalem, they would sing these songs because when you go to Jerusalem, you go up because it's a mountainous area. And so you're, you're ascending. These are songs of ascent. It also would imply with the uh, word help being used multiple times, that during that exile period of leaving captivity and traveling through the wasteland area, the desert area, going back to uh, the Holy Land and going to Jerusalem, that there were many, many dangers involved. But they would lift up their eyes and they, they would consider the, that God, their protector, is watching over them and bringing them safely back into the promised land. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. By the way, that settles the creation question. I know there's um, so much uh, crazy uh, wrong teaching out there in the secular world system basically saying that we're just, uh, you know, something that branched off of an amoeba that originally crawled out of some kind of primordial swamp, or, you know, we're the descendants of monkeys, or this or that or other. All of these things are, uh, they're so degrading of humanity to actually tell people that you, you're, you know, a that apes are your ancestors, or that, you know, you're just, you know, you're a cell byproduct of, a, of an amoeba that was swimming around in a uh, primordial cesspool, or something stupid like that. My friends, the Bible says, my help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. God made this planet, hallelujah. And even the atheist breathed the air and the oxygen that God put here. And if he were to pull it back for one moment, they would all fall down. He even gave them their breath, hallelujah. And they don't even recognize that God made it, hallelujah. Look, you've got to be really blind to the facts that God is the creator of heaven and earth. Even, even pagans, uh, who worship idols, they still understand that within the nature of man, there is a desire, an inward intuition to want to worship something and to find out who is the one responsible for all of this that we have around us and that in which we live and that uh, of which we look up and see at night. So there is a seeking out for God, at least among those who are honest with themselves, the Bible says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That settles it. There is no such thing as the Big Bang. What a stupid idea. I mean, I mean. so a scientist says this all came from the Big Bang. Well, what? Wh where did the Big Bang come from? Okay, if all of this came out of the Big Bang, well, what in the world created the Big Bang? I mean, everything is just stupid. Like, we're just supposed to believe all these idiotic statements that evolutionists and uh, un uh, atheists make. It, it doesn't even make any sense. Uh, well, well, Pastor Stephen, it all just, it just all was formed out of a Big Bang. 
that that's crazy. If you if you set a watermelon on my table, and you took a gun and you you shot the watermelon and you just blew it all to pieces, what comes out of that? Order. What comes out of that? Creation. What comes out of that beauty? Oh, no, absolutely. Nothing but a big mess. The bigger the bang, the bigger the mess. There's nothing but stuff scattered all over the place. It's nothing but a chaotic mess. There's nothing that a bang can create except a bigger mess. Praise the Lord. It's all crazy. God made. God made heaven and earth. Absolutely. Praise God. We believe the Bible. And we don't believe the skeptics and the liars. You know, some of these museums, and I, I love going to museums. I've been to all the Smithsonian museums. And uh, really, some of these museums are nothing but monuments to atheism. They're nothing but monuments to uh, intellectualism. The if they're not going to worship God, they're going to worship their own uh, intellectualism. But really, the Bible says in the Psalms that it says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Wow. Praise the Lord. So I thank God that all of these amazing museums are being opened up. I mean, there's a new one in D.C. opening up called the Museum of the Bible. And it's going to blow away all of these old fuddy-duddy museums. They should Look, some of these Smithsonian museums, they should have shut them down 20 years ago. They're wore out. They're old. They haven't changed the displays in 30 years. It's time to wrap them up. Praise the Lord. It's time for some new stuff. The Museum of the Bible is opening up. My wife and I, we support uh, that great work. And there's other creation museums around the nation. Uh, there's the uh, replica of Noah's Ark that has just been built, life-size, right next to a major interstate that a creation science, uh, scientist and his uh, ministry team have opened up. Wow, and it's bringing in people by the thousands. I tell you what, it's a new day. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's going to come a time when people are going to look back on this stupid evolutionary teaching, and they're going to look at it, and they're going to say, how in the world did we ever even consider something as stupid as that? I mean, it's just, when you think about what they present and how they uh, say it all panned out, as if they just throw numbers at it. Millions and millions of years. Billions and billions of years it all evolved. We're just throwing pounds and massive amounts of numbers on something, extending the time out further and further, that doesn't change anything. Praise the Lord. We're going to look back on this stuff and say that was some of the stupidest stuff ever put over on the human race. Praise God that we can see through it now because we have the Word of God. My help comes from the Lord. Who made heaven and earth? I believe the Bible. God made heaven and God made the earth. It didn't evolve from something. God made it. He will not allow your foot, size 10, size 7.5, ladies, men, size 11, or whatever it might be. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. See, God is keeping you. God's watching over you, and he doesn't need sleep like we do. Isn't that going to be fun when we get to heaven, and we don't have to lay down and get eight hours of sleep, six hours of sleep, some people need a little bit more, but we're just not going to need that anymore. We are eventually going to get glorified bodies. Ooh, hallelujah. Bodies that are beyond anything Superman or the superheroes could uh, have experienced. So we, we know that's, you know, fictitious. But what I'm trying to say, that those things gave us just a little bit of idea of what it would be like to have something upgraded. But my friends, God doesn't sleep. 
He's watching over you all the time. His angels have been given charge over you. Praise the Lord. God is taking care of you. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God's constantly watching, constantly looking. Doesn't miss anything. Doesn't miss anything. Watches over the whole world mm -mm. and everything in it, every bird, every little insect, every blade of grass, every person, every animal, everything, every tree, every mountain, everything under the watchful eye of God. Praise the Lord. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. See, God keeps Israel. You know, the uh, certain religions, certain groups that want to see Israel annihilated, removed off the face of the earth, and of course they would also include the Christians along with uh, the Jews. You have to understand these people are going to be eventually greatly, greatly disappointed because God has his hand upon the nation of Israel, and he watches over it and he protects it. Verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. Now this word keeper in the Hebrew can also be translated as protector. The Lord is your protector. He keeps you. He's your guardian. Hallelujah. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. He's your shade. I'm telling you, God is able to keep you cool. Hallelujah. You've got it made in the shade. You don't have to stress out. Things aren't going to fall apart. God's holding everything together for you, for the believer, for his people. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. He's very near to you. He's going to protect you. I, I know that there can be flames going up all around about you. Trouble, maybe even bullets flying by you. But the Lord is a protective covering, a hedge all around about you. You're not going anywhere. Hallelujah. You're going to stand and you're going to see the salvation of your Lord. You know what? People need to believe in God as their protector. They need to believe in God as their defender. We are not exempt from dangerous situations. We live in a dangerous world. Anywhere where there's sin and there's sin in the earth, there is the potential for danger. So you just need to live your life by faith, not in fear, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Ooh, I like that. And of love and of a sound mind. Woo, hallelujah. So you need to believe that God is your defender. He's your protector. And if something does go down around you, that you're just going to go right through it, and it's not going to touch you or your loved ones or anybody with you. Praise the Lord. Just because they're with you and you're the apple of God's eye, they're going to be blessed and protected because they're with you. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, we must believe this. There have been believers that have uh, been injured, that have lost their lives because they did not believe that God could or would deliver them. You must have faith that God is your protector. I've been in many dangerous situations before. I have never tried to put myself in harm's way, but just because I'm going about doing my things and I'm in this earth, which is the valley of the shadow of death, 
You know, people die in the earth and in this earthly environment. So you're in a realm where there can be danger. But as I've gone about doing my business and so forth, things have happened. I've had car wrecks right next to me. I've had, I have, I've had countless accidents avoided because of the angels of God. But you know what? We must be people that believe in God as our protector and as our defender. You know, we were in Israel a few years back, and this is when all the stabbings were taking place, when many of these jihadists, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to stab the Jews uh, there in Israel. And you know what? That's... Uh, you know, that can be very disconcerting for some people to think, hey, you know, I could, you know, a, a guy with a knife can just jump out anywhere, you know, here at the restaurant or here at the plane, uh, plane play, you know, the, the airport or the bus station or anywhere. A guy could just jump out, with a, jump out with a knife and start stabbing and killing people. And, you know, it really put a lot of people in the fear. And, you know, there were, there were uh, motivators, faith motivators going all around Israel, and I, I remember one day it, this was taking place in Jerusalem, very close to the Western Wall, where there uh, were a couple of men that were they, they were just full of faith, and they had gotten all the local high school students, and they had brought them there to the Western Wall, and they uh, they just uh, had them all form a big circle, and just all begin the chant uh, chants of faith, and uh, chants basically they were saying in Hebrew, "We're not afraid." We're not afraid. And they were just building each other up. And they did that for about 45 minutes. We're not afraid. And then stomp their feet and do all kinds of things to give a symbolism to the fact that we are not giving in to fear. We're going to stand. And if something happens, God will protect us and the enemy will be overthrown. Praise the Lord. So you must have faith that God is your protector. You must say, Lord, you are. Now, let's just do it right now. Say, Lord, you are my protector. Lord Jesus, you are my defender. See, God's able to keep you. I'm talking about not even one hair of your head being hurt, but you must believe it. Praise the Lord. You must believe it. You believe it, you've got it made in the shade. When the heat comes, you'll be in the shade. You know what? I've been in, I've been in places before where there have been earthquakes, and I've seen people totally flip out and uh, really lose their marbles and, you know, not, not, not know what to do and stuff like that and, and then go out and do something crazy uh, when really they should just relax and stand still. I mean, you can't run away from an earthquake, right? I mean, this, this is affecting large geographical areas. But you know what? No matter what happens, and I, I've been right in the midst of tornadoes. I mean, I've had one right over the church building before when I was preaching. You're talking about God as protector when it sounds like, Five fully uh, revved up freight trains, locomotives. I'm talking locomotives are going around the building. That's what it sounded like. Full speed. Woo! I mean, the walls shaking. I mean, this thing was roaring right over us. God is our protector. Pastor Steve, what did you do? I just kept on preaching. I kept on preaching for 40 minutes. And that thing just died down and died off. Hallelujah. And it was confirmed by the National Weather uh, uh, whatever that uh, that group is called that reports all the hurricanes, you know, it's a national government uh, agency, and they said the, they said the the tornado was right over the church building, and we we're like, yeah, it sure was. We heard it; it was there. Glory to God! But see, you must believe that God is your protector. When it begins to go down, the heat, you must believe that God will keep you in the shade. And everybody 
everybody in that church just came under an umbrella of faith. And now you could see a few people getting very, very concerned. And there were some visitors uh, from out of town that had come to hear me speak, some pastors from a uh, uh, New Jersey area. And I could see their eyes were like that big. I mean, whoo, they, they were concerned. But uh, faith just began to come over everybody. Why? Because the leadership, the pastor, and I as the guest speaker, we were just by the grace of God, we were, we were rock solid in faith. We didn't have any worry or concern about anything. We didn't all go running out of the building to our cars. That would have really put us in harm's way. You must believe that God is your keeper. Do you believe that today? Shout yes. Praise God. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day. The sun, the heat, the pressure of the moment, it's not going to strike you and take you down. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. And anybody that's been out in desert areas, you, you know that during the day, this it's amazing. It can get, you know, 120, 130 degrees hot. And I, I've uh, done a lot of ministry before in Las Vegas, and there's been days it was over 130 degrees, literally. And I, I, mean, I mean, just smoking hot. You really could, I think, cook an egg on the sidewalk. I, uh, it, was, it was amazing, the heat. And then at night, the temperature could drop literally 100 degrees. And this is what this is saying. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night, referring that you can have these very cold nights out in the desert. But somehow, some way, as those exiles were going through the wilderness experience, traveling along, God was protecting them at daytime. At nighttime, against all the various dangers of snakes and scorpions and, and, and uh, raiders and bandits and all of this, God was protecting them, and God will protect you every day of your life as you sojourn through this earth, and as you step over eventually to be with the Lord, God will protect you all the way. No harm is going to come to you with God watching over you. The Lord, in verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. You and I really need to believe that. Hallelujah. I mean, He will preserve us. He will keep us in a safe environment from all evil. Now, it doesn't say He's going to take us off the planet. It doesn't say that He's going to move us all to a remote island out in the South Pacific so we could escape uh, the potential of a nuclear bomb going off. No, it doesn't say that. But it does say, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. You're not supposed to go move out in the middle of nowhere and go, you know, live in a, um, you know, a, a cave somewhere just because you're afraid that somebody's going to push the red button, okay, and the nuclear bombs are going to start to go off. No, you don't need to live like that. You need to live by faith, and you need to be busy uh, being involved in the greatest assignment of the human race, which is the Great Commission. The church taking the gospel to all the earth. You don't need to be stocking up beans and rice, pork and beans and ramen noodles so that you can hold out just in case there's a nuclear holocaust. You need to be busy preaching the gospel, and God, hallelujah, will protect you no matter what is taking place. I mean, that's what it says. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. And if he has to, he'll tell you to get out of that place or leave that area. You know, because if others won't hear, you can hear from God. And God has instructed many of his people over the, over the centuries of church history. Whenever uh, judgment was befalling a certain area, God told his people, didn't tell everybody, told his people, get out of there. Judgment's coming. You must leave. 
and God will always watch over and preserve his people from all evil. If you will believe that God is your protector, your defender, and your keeper, you will walk free from destruction. He shall preserve your soul. And the word soul here being used metaphorically to uh, envision the person's whole life. It's your whole life that is being preserved. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. Because you go here, you go there, you do this, you do that. I've heard people tell me, Pastor Stephen, I know one thing for sure. I'm not getting on an airplane. Those airplanes are too dangerous. You know what? That's fear. Anything that would try to hold you back, you need to say, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to face this, and I'm going to tackle this, and I, if I'm afraid of flying, I'm going to go fly on purpose in order to overcome this fear. Hallelujah. So, you know what? Don't let things hold you back. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know what's so dangerous? We shouldn't leave the house. No, you need to go about your business in faith, doing what God has called you to do. We know that there are certain places that are, that are very, very dangerous, uh, uh, particularly for certain people. You wouldn't want to be in certain areas or certain situations. So we have street smarts. We have common sense. But I'm talking about living your everyday life. Just go and live it, and God will protect you. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. So you don't need to be in fear. You don't need to be carrying, you know, five loaded guns, you know. That, that, then you injure yourself, so you, nobody ever shoots you, but you accidentally shoot yourself in the foot because you're carrying five loaded guns, or, you, you know, you do something silly. So just, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. Walk in the wisdom of God. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. From this time forth, do you hear that? Please receive this word today. From this time forth, okay, from the moment that you're hearing this message, and that you lock into this, and that you engage with this divine promise that God is your protector, and that you hold him to that, and you believe him concerning that from this time forth and even forevermore. It's branded on you. It's branded on your spirit. Should, uh, should a moment of danger ever come upon your life, Psalm 121, a song of ascent will kick in, and you will remember God is your keeper. God is your protector. God is your defender. He watches over Israel, and he's watching over you. Israel's not going away. You're not going away either. God is your protector. And by the way, that's a mighty big protector. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Lift your hands. Father, we just thank you that from this day forth, from this moment forth, we acknowledge and accept and embrace you as our protector that should a thousand fall on our side and 10,000 at our right hand. It will not come near us. We acknowledge your word that you preserve us from all evil. So, Father, we thank you that you are our great protector, and we bless you forever. In the name of Jesus, and we all say amen. Glory to God. I tell you what, the angels are by your side. Let's celebrate the Lord as our defender, as our protector, by taking Holy Communion. I tell you, we believe the Bible. We believe the Word of God. If it does not line up with God's Word, we absolutely dismiss it and throw it out. Don't want anything to do with it. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It's time that we put our feet down and we believe the Bible. I tell you what, if somebody teaches something or says something or somebody espouses something and it does not line up with the Bible, we need to turn that junk off 
and just absolutely dismiss it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Aren't you glad that you know the things that God has revealed to you? Now, Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate this. This is now the flesh and the blood of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for his body, that he went to that cross for us, and that whenever we take this, we proclaim his death until he comes again. We thank you that he is coming back in person. And we thank you that while he was on that cross, all of our sins were placed on him so that we could receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life through our faith in him. Father, we receive his flesh now, and we thank you that you are our protector. In Jesus' name, let's receive. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you that from this time forth and forever, you will always be our protector. We thank you that you never sleep, that you're watching over us all the time. And we thank you, Father, even as many of us are parents, as much as we love our children, we still have to get some sleep. We can't watch them all the time. But, Lord, your eyes are always on us. And as we drink the blood of Christ, we thank you that you see us in Christ and that when you see us, you see us in Christ and we have his righteousness. We thank you, Father, that you identify us as being in your Son and in your family and accept it because we are in Christ. So, Father, we thank you for his blood and the redeeming power of his blood and the fact that we are also covered by the blood of Jesus and that there's protection in the blood. Father, we thank you. We celebrate Christ and we drink his blood now. In Jesus' name, let's drink. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As you go your way today, go your way praising God, knowing that he's watching over Israel, and he is watching over you. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.